and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is January 3rd, 2022. Yeah, 22. Welcome everybody to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Redcon1.com. Check them out today. Great supplement company. I've been telling you guys them for about them for a couple of months now. Please check them out. Use the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Click the link. Check them out. They usually have some pretty good sales. Uh, if you see something you can't live without and you can't wait for a sale, use the promo code T20Quartermus. You'll get 20% off anything you order. Check them out. I'm telling you guys good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. And speaking of podcast apps, if you're listening to this on Apple, if you could please... Please hook me up with a five-star rating, and uh, but most importantly, no matter what app you're listening to this on, share this with your friends, whether they're like-minded, kind of like-minded, not really know about nothing. Um, just share this with them. The more we share, the more we care, right? Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring in 22. How's it going? Well, that'll be the... We can use that for our tagline, maybe? No? Okay. All right. A couple things today I want to talk about couple articles I came across. So this one, stocks and the market to see a rocky 2022. Also, we'll talk about will Biden's approval numbers affect the upcoming elections? And then, of course, COVID, right? We got to talk about COVID, unfortunately. But I'm going to spread this out. COVID around the world, okay? And then a moment of truth on CNN on New Year's Eve uh, night. I don't know if you guys... Happen to see this. If you don't watch CNN, you may have seen it on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. But I'll play a little clip from uh, from that. And then, of course, our news of the obvious segment. Just a little, <laughs> a little something there that uh, we came across. Chris sent that to me. And it's funny as hell because it's something that I've been preaching for a very long time. So, anyway, on to our first story of the day. Stocks and the market could really see a rocky 2022. This article was in the Wall Street Journal. And, uh, yeah, stocks could face a rockier path in 2022 as Fed rate increases loom. Let's read on. The double threat of an unpredictable pandemic and looming interest rate increases its tempering investors' optimism heading into 2022. A contrast to their vaccinine and st- vaccinine <laughs> vaccine and stimulus fueled enthusiasm of a year ago, investors had plenty to feel good about um, over the holidays. Supported by the economic rebound, even stronger than most people had expected. Okay, I don't know about that. I mean, I guess if you're basing everything off a of stock, then yes. Okay, I'll keep reading. <laughs> the S and P climbed to 500. Um, I'm sorry, the S and P 500 climbed 27 percent to in 2021, the third largest gain in the past 20 years. U.S. crude surged 55% to roughly $75 a barrel. Well, no shit. Jesus Christ. I could have used this for the news of the obvious segment. Gee, I wonder why crude surged to $75 a barrel. Right? Couldn't have anything to do with the fucking pipelines being closed. I'm sorry. I'll read on. (laughs) See, the one thing, guys... That's interesting about me, if you haven't figured this out, is I'll read an article and then something triggers me, and then i got to go off on it. And with that, I'm going to give you a big fat sugar water. Okay. Interest rates on a, uh, on corporate bonds 
hovering around all-time lows, reflecting little perceived risk as default after a year in which few businesses went bankrupt. Well, no, because as you guys well are well aware of, you go into any store, whether it's your local grocery store, Walmart, whatever it is, and they're blown out on product. Now, it has to do with um, a lot of it with the supply chain, but the right now, the demand is superseding the the availabilities and this is something i talked about when i was going into my the show i did a couple of weeks back maybe a month or so ago about the the new great depression in which i feel is what we're heading to um where we are spending 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 you go into these stores and the products are limited so people instead of maybe going into grocery shop and buying one like oh i'm going to cook whatever for dinner tonight and I'm, I might just, oh, I need some rice. Let me buy one bag of rice. Oh, crap, there's only four bags of rice on the shelf. They panic buy. So instead of buying one bag, they might buy two or all four. And I'm, not, I'm just using rice as an example. I'm, I'm talk, it's not just that. People are panic buying. So especially if they go into the grocery store today and they're looking for whatever the product might be and it's not there. But then like, you know, a couple of days later, they go in and, look, oh, it's there. Let me go ahead and get two instead of one because maybe next time they won't have it. I don't know. So heading into 21, economists surveyed by the Wall Street Journal had expected the U.S. economy would grow 3.7 over the course of the year. Instead, it likely expanded more than 5%. The unemployment rate fell below what economics or economists had anticipated. And, I mean, this is the Wall Street Journal, so take it for what it's worth. But... These numbers are, I mean, they are what they are, but in, in all essence, a monkey playing the trombone would have had these same numbers, right? I mean, we can't say, oh, because Biden's president now, these numbers, da-da-da-da-da. Of course, that's what they'll do, is they'll, they'll prompt him up as some great president of e- economics and look at what he's done one of those because all the democrat all these governors last year shut down the fucking country and yeah of course unemployment is going to go down of course the economy is going to grow people are working again people are spending money i mean once again i guess i could have this could have been the news of the obvious but anyway keep reading still few investors expect 22 to Blah, 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 blah. 2022 to go as well as 21 with the Federal Reserve on the verge of raising interest rates. A new COVID-19 variant sweeping the country and government aid to families dwindling. Already oil prices have slipped 11% since their highs in late October, reflecting traders' concern about slowing demand for fuel. The S&P 500 spent much of the past two months trading sideways, while some speculative investments such as shares of smaller, fast-growing tech companies, fell sharply, hurt by fears that they would especially be vulnerable in tighter monetary policies. Yeah, so there's another reason why spending is high. If for however many months the government was constantly giving people stimulus checks of you know varying, varying amounts, of course, it's, it's free money. You're going to spend it on whatever. You're going to buy new TVs. You're going to buy, you know, whatever. Um. This will slow down. This happened, <laughs> guys. I'm telling you, this happened in the 1920s. The same thing after the Spanish flu. People spent, 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 because they were they were finally out of the pandemic of the Spanish flu. Everyone was free again. 
And it was the roaring 20s. And eight years into the 20s, everything went to hell in a handbasket. I don't know that it's going to be in the, you know, eight years from, well, not from now, but from 2020, if it's going to be in the in 28, if it's going to be 22, 23. But you'll see the stock market controls a lot of what we do. Okay, for example, gas prices. Okay, you ever wonder why you go to a gas station today and the gas is, you know, whatever, three fifty a gallon, and then tomorrow it's three sixty or it's three dollars or whatever the case may be. It's the same gas that was there in that ground yesterday. These gas stations don't get gas every day, right? So why does the gas price fluctuate? Well, it's because it's based on futures. So as oil is traded in the futures, those prices go up and down. It reflects in gas. And then, of course, other things, you know, hurricanes and whatever also can affect that. But on a day-in and day-out basis, you rarely see gas stay at a steady price for more than two or three days, right? You, your local gas station, the price could be whatever today, and it might be a, a few pennies higher tomorrow or a few pennies lower. Or it could be 20 cents, you know, and it fluctuates like that. And it literally, I've never seen a gas price stay the same for more than two days, whether, whether it goes up or down, whatever that number is. Point being is people are using less gas because gas is expensive, they might not be driving as much. They might not be traveling because things are more expensive. People can't afford to go on trips. People can't afford. We just got out of Christmas. You know, people don't want to fly because of all the bullshit. Look at all the flights being canceled. So people, it's gonna, they're going to stop spending money as much as, as they've been because the money isn't free anymore. Now they're actually having to work for it, which, you know, isn't a bad thing. But smart thing for these people to do they got all these um stimulus checks and whatnot is to put that money away or maybe buy metals or buy something tangible versus tvs and uh you know whatever you know i don't know what people bought but um instead of instead of just pissing it away oh this is free money i'm just going to do whatever with it but that's what they did one major concern of investors how different problems might feed on each other. Fresh waves of COVID-19 cases caused by new existing uh, variants, but we're going to call them strains, might slow economic, economic growth by reducing consumer spending. But some also worry that such surges could help sustain already hot inflation by contributing to uh, supply chain problems and labor shortages. Well, of course, because that's another thing. So everyone knows, I mean... I live in Florida, and the, these people are going apeshit over testing themselves to death. <laughs> Maybe not really to death, I mean, but testing themselves crazy for COVID. Uh, do you have any symptoms? Well, no, but okay, then why in the fuck are you testing yourself? I was watching the local news this morning before I was going to work, and uh, it you know I think I, somewhere over in Tampa they had the local news was out there and, and they were talking in the line. This was on Sunday. So the, the interview of these people was Sunday. So the line for the COVID testing was, I don't know how I was long. It was around the block. And I think they said that the place opened at nine for testing. And these people were out there at six o'clock in the morning. So the, the, you know, the news person was talking to some random lady and asked, you know, why, 
well, I just want to be careful. I want to make sure that I don't need to go to the hospital. Okay. And the interview pretty much ended there. That's why I could never be a on the street reporter or whatever, because I would be like, are you sick? Do you, do you have any symptoms? Then why in the hell are you here? Number one, you're wasting a test for someone that might actually need it. But number two, if if you're if you don't have any symptoms, then you're you're fine. I mean, I know you could still technically have COVID. I guess I don't know. I know when I had COVID. Okay, the only reason I got tested was because I lost um, sense of uh, smell and taste. A few days prior to that, I had a little bit of a head cold. Nothing major, nothing to write home about. But that was the only symptom I had. And then the loss of taste came. And I was like, oh shit, you know. So, got tested, was positive, whatever. Since then, I got a cold. Was I worried that it was COVID? No, because I could still taste, I could still smell. I mean, I don't... I don't believe I had it. It's only been a short while since I had it before. But, you know, neither here nor there. I'm not going to go run every time I get a sniffle or a little sore throat or whatever the case may be. These people, this is what's causing the cases to be so high. And we don't even know how accurate the testing is. We've heard situations of these PCR tests, you know, having false positives the the COVID's a virus, right? Well, so is the flu. So how do you know that it's not giving you a false positive on a flu um, virus? I don't know. Anyway, so obviously with these scares of these different strains, every time this happens, and, and like I've told you guys before, my personal opinion is that they do this to boost... Um, vaccines to try and get people vaccinated or scare them into getting vaccinated. Uh, what you're really doing is scaring people into buying more shit that they don't really need, whether it be toilet paper or canned vegetables or whatever the case may be. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have some sort of a backup supply, but when you have said backup supply, then do your grocery shopping as normal. You don't need to keep backing up the supply. You know, and hopefully you've you've relayed those concerns to your family and friends for them to do the same thing. You know, however many people are in your house is the amount of supplies you should have. And then hopefully if you have, you know, adult kids or, or whatever, that they're doing the same thing. That way they don't have to come and, you know, mooch off you, so to speak, if, if shit really hits the fan. Um, the biggest threat to riskier assets such as stocks is that their inflation problems that pushed the Fed into tightening too much. Jim McDonald uh, said the chief investment strategist at Northern Trust, a Chicago-based asset management and banking firm, and uh, one of the causes that could be a pandemic-related supply uh, disrupt. <laughs> Shit, I cannot fucking talk. Disruptions. There we go. Jeez Louise. <laughs> it's been a long day. Been up since 11 o'clock last night. Sorry. Uh, such anxieties... Uh, have been particularly evident in the bond market. I, I don't want to keep reading this because, you know, I, you guys are probably already falling asleep here. <laughs> Basically, what this is saying is if you're playing the stock market, like if, if you have money invested in stocks, 
do you keep them there? If you if you have no intention on retiring anytime soon or whatever, I guess you could take that chance and see what happens. Um, personally, I don't know that that I would do that. Um, or better yet, maybe stop playing the stock market if you work for a company where you can buy stock. Maybe stop buying that stock for now. Maybe take that whatever your contribution is, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever that number is, maybe turn it to zero and then maybe pocket that money or or turn that cash into some some kind of other liquid asset. I'm not here to give you guys advice. I'm just here to give you guys advice. No. My I'm just saying the trend is looking bleak. I know the stock market's rising depending on what company you might work for if you buy you know your your company's stock that number could be the highest it's been since you can recall but there's going to be a bubble burst sooner or later and then what then what are you going to do you know if you're if all your savings is in um stock and that stock goes away well, if you have a hundred shares of something at a hundred dollars, when you got a, what's that, ten thousand dollars, but then all of a sudden those shares go from a hundred dollars to twenty dollars, you know. So really pay attention. I'm not saying check the stock market every day, every minute, but maybe once or twice a week just to make sure that whatever you might have invested in stock, you're not trickling down because it's not going to be drastic. It's not going to be automatic. It's not going to go from a hundred to twenty. It's going to go from you know, 195, 90. Oh shit, it's really trending down. Maybe it's time to sell. Anyway, that's just my personal opinion. Take it for what it's worth. All right, on to Biden's approval numbers. Now, we've been talking about his approval numbers, and we know they're in the garbage can, depending on what poll or what approval number, you know, news agency you look at. They range anywhere from the mid three, uh, mid 30s to you know, upper 40s. Um, so I think the average is around 42, something like that, if you take all the different polls and, and put them together. Um, so either way, if as COVID and the lockdowns and the mandates and all this crap and the supply chain, everything's just going together and Biden's you barely really see a whole lot of them really which whatever but um yeah of course he's the president just like when trump was president and uh obama and everyone and and the the republicans are going to blame the democrats and democrats are going to blame these. so but it doesn't matter whoever the president is 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 the boss they're the, they're the chief right so if there's a if it's bad then it's their fault if it's good then great for them so today's Monday, right? So we're now at 309 days from the, the uh, 2022 midterms. U.S. COVID cases continue to skyrocket. President Biden is supposed to have a talk today at 1.30, or I guess it's past 1.30. I, I haven't seen anything about it, but there's no telling. He may have skipped it for tapioca. I don't know. On ways to lower meat prices, Donald Trump is going to continue, as especially now starting in January here, you're going to start seeing him endorsing GOP candidates. Now, he'll probably endorse some candidates to run against establishment 
um, GOP, whatever, whatever, senators, congresspeople, uh, governors, you're, you'll see this. And um, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I mean, it's probably time to. Uh, it's probably time to get this um, <laughs> this cleansing, I guess. And it doesn't matter. You know, it has nothing to do with Republicans. It has nothing to do with with um, Democrats. It, it doesn't have anything to do with with that. It's about the. The swamp. I mean, you remember when Trump was running, it was, I'm going to drain the swamp and I'm going to do this. And it has nothing to do with if you're a Republican or, or a Democrat. Those those parties are are obsolete. They're stupid. It's more of about a, are you conservative or are you liberal? Right? Um, and you take someone like a Joe Manchin, who's a Democrat, but he's more of what you they call a moderate, right? Which means he's a little more conservative. He's not quite as drastically left as the rest of them or most of them. And then you take like Liz Cheney and the Ken, uh, shit, what's his name, Adam Kinzinger from uh, Illinois, that are Republican, but they're more liberal they're like a liberal conservative <laughs> if that's such a thing these types of people like Liz Cheney is is where she's at because of her last name because even though Dick Cheney was a fucking tyrant his name supersedes his job like what he did as vice president and secretary of state and all the other positions he held it's name recognition who is Liz Warren and why is she where she's at? That's because she's Liz. I'm not Liz Warren. I'm sorry. Who is Liz Cheney and why is she where she's at? Because her last name's Cheney. Uh, I think that Adam guy, he's already said he's not re-running, which is probably just as wise. But basically the way it breaks down is this. Every, every new president you have. So, I mean, it, I'll go through a list of, of them. You always have that midterm. So... Uh, you know, president like uh, Trump took office 16 and 18. There was a change in office. So I'm going to I'm not going to go through the whole list because it goes all the way back to Truman. I'm going to go to the bottom. We'll start with Trump. So like Trump in 2018 lost 40 House seats. Now that's between Congress and Senate. Obama, you know, he was elected in 08. So in, t in 2010, he lost 63 seats. Bush in 02 so he was elected in 2000 he actually gained eight seats but some would say that has a lot to do with um with 9-11 you know so it was kind of like a coming together of america and he was doing all this and that and that's a that could be a <laughs> i always say this and i'm really trying to get chris's ass back in here so we can do a nice um tinfoil hat uh, conspiracy theory theater type show of different situations that's happened throughout our time and 9-11 would be one of them but uh and then Clinton so he was elected in 92 so in 94 he lost 54 seats and so on and so forth I think the average loss since 46 so Truman was uh almost 30 seats on average so it's almost like a guarantee. No matter what party it is that wins the presidency, they're going to lose 
a significant amount of seats. So that's why you hear uh, a red wave. Oh, there's a red wave coming in 22. Well, yeah, I mean, logically speaking, you're looking to lose 30 seats, <laughs> right? Now, it could be more of a tsunami with the way things are going unless something happens in the next few months that drastically changes everybody's minds or they lock down the country like kind of like they did in 20 and the majority of the country uh, mail, uh, votes by mail. So let's hope that does not happen. The biggest, the biggest problem is, is a lot of times you'll see these presidents that lose um, seats like this. It's because their their ratings are so low. You know, Trump, his was at forty two. Um, Obama's was at forty six. This is during the midterms. Bush's was at sixty six. But like I said, it was shortly after nine eleven that um, when the voting and everything had, had happened. Uh, Clinton was at 39%, of course, and then Bush, uh, Daddy Bush was at 76%, and that was more of a piggyback from Reagan. Now, Reagan's, after Reagan's first two years, he was at 42%. I mean, he was able to turn that around. But the point being is, when you go from one party to the next, when you go from a Democrat to a Republican or Republican to a Democrat, you're going to have growing pains that first two years. Biden should have never been president. I, and I'm not going to get into the fact that he won, he didn't win, the election was stolen, the election was rigged, you know, whatever. Point of the matter is, he's president, right? Whether by hook or crook, he's the guy. But he he is only, in my opinion, he's only the guy because he's Joe Biden. You know, I said this before, he should have ran instead of Hillary in 16. They might have actually legitimately won but, and it, he might have actually had a little more sense to him back then. I don't know. But, I mean, Obama didn't even didn't even endorse him. And that should tell you a lot. He was, you know, his vice president for eight years. And he, you couldn't endorse him. That's, I've, you've never really seen that where a president of eight years, no matter what party, doesn't endorse their VP to run for president. Never really seen that. Um, now like, I mean, I, you could say, well, Bush didn't do that with Cheney. Well, I don't think Cheney was running for president. So after Bush was president, um, but like Reagan did Bush, Clinton did Gore, you know, those types of situations, Obama didn't want no part of, of Biden running. Why? Because he knows Joe's a fucking idiot. Joe was only vice president because he paid his dues and thus why he's president. He's not even running the show. He's a figurehead, you know, and that's why you get the, oh, I don't want to make him mad. If I take these questions, I'm going to make him mad. Oh, who in the fuck are you going to make mad? You're, you're the fucking president. Who are you making mad? You know, I guess that's what I miss personally. That's what I miss about Trump where it was like, you know, he pretty much answered everybody's question, whether he liked you or didn't like you. And then he went off on you if he didn't like you or liked the question. But, you know, I guarantee, this is, you know, this isn't breaking news. I guarantee you that there's going to be a big change in the House and the Senate. The problem is going to be with all these promises of whoever's running, 
whether they're running for re-election, you know, these Republicans, or they're running against uh, Democrats or even establishment um, Republicans, you know, whatever the races are. If um, if whoever wins these races, and let's say the Republicans take, you know, five seats in the Senate and take, you know, however many seats in the House, if that happens, and these people run on, oh, we're going to impeach Joe Biden, or we're going to do this, or we're going to do that, well, you better doggone well better do it, or else <laughs> you're going to have a fucking shitstorm on your hands, because... I can guarantee you that we, the people, are sick and tired of the bullshit shenanigans, the un, the broken promises, and we're just tired of it. You know, do what you say, what you do, do what you say, get it done. If we vote for you, you better get shit done. That's all I'm saying. All right. Unfortunately, COVID dominates us. It dominates a new cycle. So. Versus me sitting here blabbing about COVID in America and Oregon's doing this and Florida's doing that and New York's this and AOC's on vacation. I figured I'd branch out to the world, right? So I came across this article. Unvaccinated people ordered to stay home or face jail in the city of 14 million. So this is out of the Philippines and the city is, I can't see it. I can't. There it is. <laughs> After weeks of its lowest caseloads in the pandemic, the Philippines' capital region is seeing a frightening rise in coronavirus infections, and everybody's going to die. Oh, no. I'm sorry. That was, that was uh, speculating. I'm scrolling. Okay, here it is. <laughs> in a sobering dose of reality, cutting a re uh, relatively festive holiday season, the Philippines' sprawling capital of Metro Milana, Milan, Milana, Manila, <laughs> has announced yet another lockdown in an attempt to stave off a frightening spike in COVID-19 infections. This time, those stay-at-home orders only apply to unvaccinated residents and travelers as the rest of the metropolis carries on with only stricter protocols when in public. Okay, before I read on, I'm going to call bullshit and we know this this isn't me speculating right we know the cdc the who even great dr fauci has said that vaccinated people can spread covid right that's why just because you're vaccinated they tell you you still have to wear a mask right because even if you're vaccinated you could still be carrying the the covid right so why in the Philippines, why in uh, Manila is it just unvaccinated residents that have to stay at home? And why travelers? So if I'm a if I'm vaccinated and I'm traveling to Philippines, why would I want to do that? It's beyond me. But nonetheless, what, my vaccination isn't any good over there? Anyway, I mean, I don't think the vaccination is good anywhere, but I'm just saying. So on Monday... Uh, Manila's governing council uh, announced it's requiring unvaccinated people to regulate uh, their mobility, at least until January 15th, <laughs> when the heightened alert order imposed on the metropolis is set to lapse. The restrictions may be reimposed if daily caseloads do not ease by then. 
under the order, unvaccinated people must stay at home except to buy essential goods or for medical purposes. They are banned from all restaurants, malls, hotels, and other leisure establishments. They cannot take public transportation, and they will have to be tested for COVID-19 every two weeks at their own expense to be allowed on job site, on site jobs. Violators will be faced... Um, will be fined up to $1,000 or face up to six months in jail, or both. Meanwhile, fully vaccinated people may move about freely, with the honest on establishments to limit their capacities to just 30% when indoors and 50% when outdoors. Only close contact activities such as classes and karaoke singing are prohibited for them. <laughs> so no classroom, no karaoke singing, damn it. Despite the availability of vaccines, there is a number of individuals who are adamantly opt not to have vaccinated, thus because more susceptible to severe cases of COVID-19 infection, which will in turn require hospital care, thereby unduly burdening, burdening the healthcare care system to determine, uh, I'm sorry, to the detriment of public health, the council said in a memo. Some Filipinos, however, vented their opposition in order <laughs> to the order on social media. Oh, no, not social media. Guys, if you want to get shit done, take it to the streets. If you push for mandatory vaccination, this might push people to receive it and push their, put their lives in danger. This is pure act of discrimination. Let people decide for themselves. So this is in the Philippines, I just said. Uh, I'm not going to keep reading on because it's just stats and whatnot. But... Um, this is it's a worldwide thing. I've said this time and time again. These mandates, and as bad as we think we have it here in America, much worse in other countries. Here's a, a country, you know, the Philippines. I, I, I don't know what their rate of vaccination. I don't care what the rate of vaccination is. How about that? I really don't give a shit if it's 100%, 50%, 10%. You're... Telling people, so now if you're unvaccinated, and we've talked about this on the show. Chris actually talked about this, I think, back in like March. March or April, we did a show on vaccine passports before there was vaccine passports. And we talked about how he had said how um, there's going to come a time when you're not going to be able to eat, sleep, or, you know, go shopping, go to the restaurants, go to work. You're not going to be able to earn a living. You know, we've seen this in New York City where Mayor Dipshit Blasio says, you know, you can't do these things unless be vaccinated or get tested every like week or twice, you know, twice a week or whatever the number, whatever it was. You're causing, you're giving people an ultimatum of, of freedom or this jab. And 60 whatever percent of our country is fully vaccinated 80 something percent have had at least one shot or two shot or whatever i don't know what what defines fully vaccinated or what but point being is you have the majority of the country vaccinated why are the cases still rising because the vaccine doesn't work it's not a vaccine for the 500th millionth time it's not a vaccine okay and like i said in the show a couple of weeks ago the vaccines are more than likely a cause of the strains changing. So I found a list of around the country different uh, mandates that these countries are doing. And, you know, of course, the countries, it's, 
countries are a little bit different than America, or a lot of bit different, I should say. Whereas even in this country, we see a situation right now where you have a you have federal uh, mandates trying to be imposed, but the way the Constitution was written, they don't necessarily have that right to do that. Or I shouldn't say they don't necessarily, they do not have that right to do that. It's called the Tenth Amendment. Um, thus, why you'll see a court battle, I believe it's this Friday, the Supreme Court is supposed to decide on that. And, uh, you know, I think personally when Biden had this to say, he pretty much lost the case for himself. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. Look. So you just said it yourself. There is no federal solution. Thus, there should be no federal mandates, whether it be OSHA or whatever. So, like I said, as bad as we think we have it, trust me, let me read you this list. So, the UK became the latest country to introduce vaccine mandates on Tuesday after the government announced all NHS workers would need to be jabbed by next spring. Although shots have been ordered in many other countries, some have balked at the measures and resorted to protest and legal actions. Well, good for them. In the U.S., which is struggling with a very slow rate of vaccine take-up, the Biden administration plans... See, now, this article is actually... Well, this article is a little old. So, um, this was back in November. But, nonetheless, so I had to update it. So, this was prior to or when Biden first talked about doing the OSHA situation. And um, we've, we know where that's going right now. So, let me just scroll down to Italy. Okay, the first country in Europe to make COVID-19 vaccine ma- uh, mandatory for health workers, but amid rising causes, or I'm sorry, cases and slower vaccine up- vaccination uptake, debate is rising over the possibility of extending the obligatory requirement to other groups. So, uh, in New, uh, where is this at? New Zealand, they also have a a uh, countrywide vaccine mandate. Uh, and the funny thing is, let me see. So trying to get uh, sectors of, of the country fully vaccinated and said restrictions will only end after 90% of eligible population are inoculated. Now, that was in New Zealand. I'll say this also. I, and I don't, never been to New Zealand. You know, if we have any listeners from New Zealand, I think we have a few uh, excuse me for saying what I'm about to say, but, or I don't even excuse me for what I'm going to say. This has nothing to do with you guys. You obviously are looking for freedom. That's why you found this show. But I'm telling you now, if your country's anything like this country, they're just telling you this shit to get everyone vaccinated. And then when you get to 90%, they're going to tell you that's not good enough. What did they do in this country? Right? Back in May. Oh, if you get vaccinated, we do this. We, You don't have to wear a mask. If you get vaccinated, you can... Do whatever in the hell you want. You don't have to. And then, so you get a bunch of people get vaccinated and they don't have to wear a mask. And you had a lot of employers say, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. You just show us your little vaccination card and we're going to give you some money on top of that. So people are like, fuck, free money? Oh, that's good. The shot doesn't cost me anything. I can go get a shot and get some free money and I don't have to wear the stupid ass mask anymore. Cool. And then uh, I think a month, not even a month, wasn't a month maybe? End of June, beginning of July, so around a month after, 
Oh, never mind. Everything's fucked up. Everyone needs to wear a mask again. Well, that's bullshit. I just put this poison in my body. Now I got to wear a fucking mask again. Eh. So in the uh, in beginning of October, Canadian government said it would be required for all working federal public service and federally regulated transportation sector to be vaccinated. A lot of uh, public servants, you know, police, fire, ambulance, hospital workers, those people had to be vaccinated um, by November 15th. Um, and since then, they've locked down. Now, I have some, I'm on a, a fitness page on Facebook, which uh, the girl that runs it's out of, you know, she lives in Canada somewhere up that way, but so there's a lot of people on that page from Canada, from around the world, really, but a lot of people from America, obviously, and then a lot of people from Canada, and they're shutting down the gyms again up there. God forbid you try to run a business the last two years. God forbid you tried to, you were a gym owner. Your your businesses are being ruined because of a cold. Two months ago in France, suspended 3,000 health workers without pay for refusing the COVID vaccine. Singapore, meanwhile, has opted for a financial incentive to get people vaccinated. There you go. Indonesia announced mandatory vaccinations in February with heavy fines for those who do not comply. Now, and it doesn't even say anything about... uh, (laughs) It doesn't say anything about... uh, I'm sorry, I just lost the fucking page. Of course you did, right? (laughs) It doesn't say anything about who. It just says mandatory vaccination in February. So, God forbid you live in damn um, in Indonesia. And I, I guess that's it because in order for me to read any more, I got to donate. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not giving you my email address because then you'll blow me up. Anyway, so I, obviously you can see these mandates are blowing up. Now, what's going to happen in this country, Biden said that little clip I pay, uh, played a um that when he he said on 29th i want to say i was 27th um this friday i'm pretty sure is when the the supreme court hears the case with the osha situation you just lost the case in my opinion i'm no lawyer but i've watched enough law and order no no <laughs> i'm just saying i can't imagine that the president of the united states is trying to push a vaccine mandate for employees of of companies with, what, 100 more people, right? And OSHA needs to get this done. Well, OSHA is a federal agency, right? The president is the president of the United States. He's the one that's pushing the situation and, and trying to have OSHA control it. If you, in turn, come out and say there's no federal solution for this, and it's up to the states to 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 salute you know to find their own solution then you there's no federal mandate you can let your the state by state can worry about that and then those states suffer the consequences so uh new york city has uh their their thing now whether or not this new mayor eric adams comes in if he changes it maybe um maybe not I mean, he's Democrat, he's liberal. Who's to say if he actually changes that? Uh, I don't know. But 
if you live and work in New York City, depending on what that job is, and you can go elsewhere to work, you'll probably see a mass exodus out of a lot of these cities and some of these states. You know, California, these different um, states and cities that have uh, these mandates or these mandatory vaccinations in order to work or move about, you, um, why live there? You know, I know you've heard, depending on the other podcasts that you listen to, you've heard time and time again, you know, uh, like for example, Tim Pool, move out of the cities, move out of the cities, go live on a farm. Okay. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's, it sounds all fine and dandy, but, uh, you know, different, a lot of them say the same thing, move out of cities. Now, depending on what you consider a city, like where I live, I consider it a city, but it's not a city like Tampa or Chicago or anything like that, you know, so I guess it's just a, I don't know, it's not a, I don't know. Anyway, I get it. You might want to get out of metropolises, you know, New York City, Chicago, Miami, uh, LA, Dallas, you know, these types of places. Most of these cities, those types of places are run by democratically elected uh, mayors. And those are the ones that are mainly pushing these mandates. So you'll see your police force and your your firefighters and ambulances and uh, hospital workers and all these people are going to dwindle down to nothing. And your cases are still going to do what they're doing because we know this quote-unquote vaccine does shit for you. People are still getting sick. People are still dying. And they're still vaccinated. So... All you're doing is dwindling down your support system. All right. Moving along to um, probably, I don't watch much of any CNN. I might read some articles from CNN just to get both sides of the story. But um, <laughs> CNN, this is a, this is a, a broadcast. I, I, was at, I was, oddly enough, I was at work after the ball dropped, so and I wasn't watching CNN, so I did not see this until the next day. But this was um, Andy Cohen and... and uh, what's his face? Uh, shit, Anderson uh, Vanderbilt. I mean, Cooper. <laughs> so now they were doing uh, toast, or, you know, they were ringing in the New Year. So they did a, a series of shots. Front, I think it started around nine, nine, nine thirty, somewhere around there, and they're both hammered. Well, then uh, on the fifth shot, it was just after midnight. Uh, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen, they do their—I don't know what they're drinking. I don't care. Whatever, they're obviously drunk. Uh, they do their last shot, and then this is what happens. Hey, happy New Year! Happy New Year! Cheers! We want to wish you all happy a New Year, happy everybody. New Year. 2022, don't you feel... Now you can tell that Andy Cohen is hammered. This is a, a, a great little mini shot. Advance. Mm. Let me tell you something. There he goes. Oh, please. Tell us something, Andy. Watching Mayor de Blasio... Oh, don't go on a rant. ...do his... Don't go on a rant. ...victory lap dance <laughs> after four years it's of the, the crap as the mayor of new york the that's only thing the that york. democrats and republicans can that's agree how, on I mean, is what how, a horrible mayor he has he, been there you go um it's amazing to me 
that CNN didn't cut the feed. I would have to venture a guess that if Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen were getting hammered like that, that probably everyone else was too. And uh, not that he's wrong. <laughs> it's just amazing that someone on CNN had the guts to actually say it, right? All right, on to our last segment of the day. And this this personally to me is my, my favorite segment uh, of each show that I do, so I always try to find something good for this. Chris, Chris actually uh, shared this one with me. But before I tell you what it is and what we're calling it, this last segment is brought to you by Maker's Mark Bourbon. We are a brand ambassador for Maker's Mark. I can't wait till I get our uh, our own brand. It's going to be a minute. Yeah, it's going to be a minute, but nonetheless. Anyway, this is the segment of the show that I like to call News of the Obvious with your host, PCGC. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Breaking news, CNN tweets this out. People who are overweight or obese are at much higher risk of much more severe disease and even death from COVID-19. No shit Sherlock, right? I've been saying this for at least a year. At least a year. Can weight loss help protect against COVID-19? Yes, I don't even have to read this article. I'm going to tell you, yes. In the holiday season, when the average American can easily pack on a few pounds, experts say when there is another reason to pay attention to your weight, COVID-19. People who are overweight or obese are at much higher risk of much more severe disease, even death from COVID-19. And one new study suggests that losing weight can reduce that risk. The obesity epidemic, which is, in my opinion, before I read on, is a bigger epidemic or a pandemic than this COVID crap, but I digress, has been a threat to Americans' health for years. It's the second leading cause of preventable death. After smoking, with COVID-19, it becomes even more dangerous. One study found, which I would venture back to the smoking part, that COVID-19 is dangerous with that too, but nonetheless... One study found that 30% of COVID-19 hospitalizations were people with obesity. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, obesity clinic where Dr. Fat Ima, Fat Ima, Fat Ima, that is a good name for this article. Fat Tima. Cody Stanford works in Boston, has a thousand plus person wait list that grew longer with the, with the pandemic. Even with more than a dozen specialists on staff, it's not enough to meet the demand. We are overwhelmed with the volume of patients that have really made the connection between obesity and COVID and need them to get appropriate care. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, but we knew this, right? Didn't they say this from, from the get-go when all this first started? They said, People with like cancer and lung issues, heart issues, and obesity, I think, were, some, were the four major things. And that's where they, when they started pushing the vaccine, which pissed me off, is like, okay, if you had pre existing conditions, you know, so, okay, cancer, you can't help. I mean, for the most part, you can't help that. Um, lung issues, depending on why you have said lung issues, you can't help that. If it's from smoking or whatever, then yeah. Heart disease, heart, you know, that, that could be hereditary. I get that. 
Obesity, for the most part, I mean, it can be linked to hereditary genes. I get that. Trust me. I know. But you can work at not being obese, right? And my biggest complaint was, let's instead of helping people get healthy, let's give them a shot in the arm that we know now don't really work. So if you have people who are relatively healthy getting vaccinated, yet still getting sick, then if you're already overweight, like severely overweight, that shot is it's not a magic, you're not protected with the cloak of in, invincibility, right? People with obesity are 46% more at risk of getting COVID, according to the study from August. It found that they are more, they're also more at risk of getting really sick, facing a 113% higher chance of being hospitalized, a 74% uh, higher risk of needing to be treated in ICU, and perhaps the most troubling of all, a 48% increased risk of death. Like I said, news of the obvious. This is something I've been talking about for at least a year. Since, well, <laughs> I, I haven't been doing the show a year. But me and Chris, now I've been preaching this on the show since the beginning of doing this show. One of the biggest things we talked about was people being healthy, as healthy as you can be. Now, granted, I'm not I'm not an Adonis, you know, I'm not rocking a an eight pack and a, you know, I'm not gonna do the cover of GQ or Health Men's Health magazine anytime soon. And much like most of America, I could stand to lose a few pounds. I get that. But uh, I'm basically like the fat doctor telling you you need to lose weight. <laughs> but all things considered, with my health being what it is, I'm pretty healthy. <laughs> um, the uh, And I've had COVID, right? I wasn't laid up in the hospital. I wasn't on a ventilator. And uh, you've seen situations, we've talked about it, where, you know, oh, this, there was a, I don't know where the girl lived, but, oh, this healthy young teenager, 16 years old, died from COVID. She was 300 pounds. She wasn't healthy anything. Uh, you've seen police officers around the country die from COVID. And they make such a big deal about it because this is a police officer. And I'm not slighting that a police officer died in the line of duty from COVID. I'm not slighting that. My point is, is they try to make it because this person is a police officer. They're at the peak pinnacle of, of fitness and health. And you guys know as much as I do that you see plenty of cops out there, no matter where you live, they could stand to lose 20, 50 pounds. You know, I'm sure there are just as many fit ones. I'm not saying they're all a bunch of fat asses, but there are plenty of those just in that job, just like there is any other job. Anyway, the key here is if you want to stay healthy, period, whether it be COVID, flu, the flu Rona, that's a new one coming out. I'll <laughs> do some research on that. Um, the common cold, whatever it is, try and eat a little bit better. Maybe not drink as much alcohol. Stop smoking cigarettes. Get a little bit of extras. I'm not saying you got to go out there and go to the gym eight days a week and run you know run 20 miles a day i'm not saying that but if you have a job in which you are sedentary and you you don't move a lot you're not getting an exercise you need to get something the job that i do 
I'm, I, you know, they say, what are you supposed to get? 10,000 steps a day, right? That's the suggested, uh, rate per day. Well, I get 10,000 steps a day before my days, my job days even over. So in essence, I probably need to double that and get upwards of 20,000, which I do. Um, that 10,000 step rate is mainly for like office workers or people that don't do what they work at a desk or whatever. Um, so the, the thing is, if you're constantly moving and getting some sort of exercise, you stand a chance to to beat this, whatever this is. So in closing, guys, have a great day. I hope everyone had a fantastic New Year and everyone made it through the holidays safe, through Christmas and New Year's. And uh, it's a new year. Um <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I would assume the next few days is going to be dominated by the insurrection talk of January 6th since we're approaching that one-year anniversary of that. So I'm sure we'll have more to talk about on that on the next show. And uh, just everyone stay safe. Keep listening to the show. Uh, Go to our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. From there, you can link to the social media platforms if you so choose. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Don't Tread on America on Instagram and Facebook and DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me on um, Twitter, it's PCGC underscore 1775. Check all that out. Um, I got to get better at posting on Twitter. In in all honesty, I kind of just go there to look for stuff. But... The Facebook page is kind of blown up. So if you guys go there, like the page, you'll get show updates. Go to the to the um, website, same difference. You'll get show updates. You'll see when everything's breaking. And uh, we're just going to keep this train rolling. Okay? Other than that, guys, you have a great day. It is January 3rd, 2022. And I will, uh, I will talk to you all later.